So I went to China a couple of months ago and I thought I'd take this opportunity to show you 1,200 photos of pandas and temples. Um, there's a, a beautiful photo of me here. Shall I just persist? Um, I think that this here sums up my entire China trip. Um, me standing at the top of a mountain wearing um, what can only be described as the best combination of clothing of all time. Uh, hiking boots and a skirt. Uh, a waterproof jacket that was not waterproof and a hat. Um, this day we'd climbed up the mountain and uh, we'd gathered together, it was a prayer trip, we'd gathered together and we'd prayed and I just had to have a photo of myself looking like that. Actually, there's 12 like that, all different. <laughs> so I went with a group of people from, from our church and honestly, if you haven't been on a short-term mission trip style thing, you should go. Um, you learn so much. And one of the things that stayed on my mind, apart from the taste of the Szechuan peppers, was the way that the missionaries that we were with did community. Here we were surrounded by a group of people ranging in age from, say, 25-ish to 65-ish from countries including uh, Australia and New Zealand, England, uh, Indonesia, Taiwan um, and Hong Kong. And they had this way of loving each other. They put aside language differences and culture differences and they just embraced each other. They had this common goal and they worked towards that together. Uh, and I was just so blown away by the way that the community operated there in the, in the missionary circles. Um, I've just got a photo that I took from behind of two girls, one uh, from Finland, one from America. And I just think that this sums up the way that the community operated. It was just beautiful. And that mountain there that you can see on the left that you can't really see, that's the one we climbed. Yep. So the idea of being, of being in community and the concept of being stronger together has been in my mind for a while. And unlike what Carmel suggested this morning about me thinking about presidential campaigns, it wasn't because it's Hillary Clinton's slogan. It's not. Um, so the idea of being together in community and how we can be stronger together led me to go on a quest to find out about community. And, of course, it led me to Acts 2, which I'd like to read to you. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teaching of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute to the proceeds to those among them who were in need. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate community. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved. So I examined it and highlighted here every reference or implied reference to community mutually linked to one another, sharing communion. Actually, I did this with one of my classes at school, a group of grade 12s, and they found all these ones that I didn't think were community. But anyway, coming together regularly for prayer, everyone, all the believers, fellowship, uh, sharing, sold their assets, they met together in one another's homes, celebrating communion, sharing meals, adding to their number. 
So basically what I can see from this passage is that genuine and authentic community where people share their meals and their things, where they pray together, where they consider each other family sets us up for the following things. Miracles, signs and wonders. People having everything that they need. Joy, favour, praise, salvations. Okay, so we're seeing some of that in our church. We're seeing some community. uh, And in the church, in Australia, we see community. But not in the degree that that this kind of indicates. And I realised that Jesus had just been there. And so everybody was like super passionate. But why should things be different now? So that's what I've been thinking about. So I like considered why, why it's not like that. And I think that the key, and it sounds simple, um, maybe because it is simple, is that we need to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. It says just before this passage in Acts uh, 2.28, sorry, 38, it says, to repent and be baptised and you will receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has come and lives in us and with us and he loves us and is for us. All we need to do is walk in the knowledge of that. And I think that's the secret to authentic community. So if we can get our connection to Holy Spirit right, then we'll be obeying him and walking in the knowledge that he is for us. And then this together in community thing that we talk about should follow. So obviously community is possible without God because we see that all the time. But I'm talking about this community that sees stuff like this, miracles and joy and favour and salvations that they see in Acts 2. So how do we find intimacy with the Holy Spirit, I hear you asking? That is a very insightful question. Throughout the series of Stronger, we've had, we've had um, this concept over and over again and it's uh, how God is strong in our weakness. Um, it's when we realise our weakness that we put out, out, we lean on him and we understand that um, we need him in our lives. So um, I thought I'd go with that concept um, as we continue to explore what it means to walk with Holy Spirit. Um, I had planned a very beautiful message um, with four C words um, and they all started with the same six letters and it would have just been amazing but I just really got this sense that God wanted to take it in a different direction so I'm just going to go with that. Um, It's the concept that intimacy with Holy Spirit is forged with our relationship um, through our relationship with God and and that comes from I think these three things being aware of him number one, uh, number two the word and number three prayer. And Ben talked about uh, the word a couple of weeks ago in his message on 20 Minutes in the Chair. And you should get on the internet and listen to the podcast if you haven't heard it. It was very good. I also listened to it on the podcast. Um, So I thought I'd tackle the the, the remaining two. That is prayer and being aware of God and what he's doing. So I believe that we're stronger when our prayer life is radical. That's when our relationship with God is most powerful and we become aware of the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he's doing. So, as we gather around this metaphorical table, and I light my metaphorical candle, and I pour us a glass of sparkling water, (laughs) I thought I'd just share some stuff. Is that okay? Um, 
So let's um, gather, metaphorically gather. So God and I have been on a prayer journey for at least a year and it culminated with this trip to China that I mentioned before. Uh, It was a prayer trip to China. So I would say that prayer has been an area of weakness for me and it's been a struggle for such a long time that it's become this ongoing personal joke amongst me and my friends, um, my small group. Um, Yeah, Uh, this like, Taryn, you pray last, you can do the full stop prayer. Um, Taryn, how will you cope with all that praying? Put up your hand if you don't want to pray. Yeah, so... Yeah, Uh, the go is that prayer, I feel like, has a formula and I don't know that I I understood it. And what I mean is that, I I mean, I understand the formula, but I don't think it's the way that I am wired to speak eloquently and calmly. Uh, and, And I feel like in me, sometimes prayer is more like a performance than a connection to the heart of God, especially when I'm out loud. So with all that said, I thought I couldn't pray properly. Which, when I say that, it kind of seems silly because uh, I've been a Christian for more than half of my life and to not be able to pray, like, I probably wouldn't have said that I couldn't pray before now. Then I just would have laughed it off. Um, So uh, I've made some discoveries that I thought I'd share. Um, And... While I think prayer is challenging, I don't want to assume that it is for everyone. Um, So if you can relate, please come with me. And uh, if not, maybe you will um, pray for me. Hopefully you can get something out of it. So let's gather and have some chats. Here we go. Point number one, people are different. That's me. I think that represents me. Um, and I'm a chicken wearing sunglasses. For those of you who were here this morning, Carmel said that we, that we uh, were brainstorming analogies she shared this morning. We live together. So we were brainstorming analogies, and one of them was the presidential campaign, and one of them was chickens, and it was totally unintentional that I used both of them. <laughs> okay, so people are different. People pray in different ways, and God loves it all. He doesn't have rules about how it's done. All he cares about is that we're in conversation with him. If you're an eloquent person who can communicate clearly without stuttering and stumbling over words, then I envy you. I've realised something and that it's when I get passionate about something or nervous or if I feel like I have such a lot to say that I forget something, I have to communicate that in two minutes or in one sentence. Uh, And that's a problem when... I'm teaching a two-hour class on the Aboriginal response to dispossession and the lesson's over two minutes in. (laughs) That's a real problem. (laughs) So I used to think that my words weren't enough to pray properly. I, I used to think that because my words weren't fancy and eloquent, maybe God didn't like the way that I prayed. And can I tell you something? If you think like that, stop it. It's a lie. Stop believing it. I'm convinced now more than ever that God just wants us. He wants to be with us and to talk to us and for us to talk to him. 
regardless of how terrible you think your words are. I've encountered a lot of different prayer styles. There's the lady who prays so simply, childlike um, and full of faith. There's a person who prays throughout conversation. She'll be talking to me, then she'll talk to God and back to me and it's this like smooth, seamless transition. I've heard bold, declaring prayers and I've heard quiet, humble prayers. I've heard prayers with lots of adjectives and prayer in broken English and God loves it all. Acts 17, 24 to 28 says, God made the world and everything in it, created people and gave them all that they need so that we would, and I'm reading from verse 27 here, seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him because he is not far from each one of us. He doesn't require a certain type of prayer. He doesn't require us to have three degrees to talk to him. It doesn't have to be a certain time of day and it doesn't have to be loud and it doesn't have to be silent. Just show up, that's all he wants. There's no rules or expectations or limitations on prayer. Just show up. The second thing I've learnt is this. Be creative. Look at that magical chicken there. He's wearing some kind of outfit. It's beautiful. So prayer isn't just about words. Sometimes words words aren't enough. Sometimes prayer is a feeling. It's, it's like a heartbeat in tune with God. It's taking a deep breath and knowing that he's got you. Some prayer just can't possibly be put into logical, coherent words. On occasion during prayer, I found myself just looking, just watching, um, and it's not because I'm standing in front of some beautiful vista. It's that I'm just seeing God. I'm seeing God in people. I'm seeing God in me. I'm seeing what he's doing in creation. I'm seeing God all around us. And and that kind of prayer is bigger than words. It's it's that idea that words aren't sufficient when compared to the greatness of God. But yet the intimacy that he has um, for us. So it's that kind of creative prayer that makes me think I can do it. I have a friend who introduced me to a concept and it's, um, it's, it's kind of captivated me. It's really nice. It's the idea that prayer is colourful. Um, and, and what I mean by that is it's not logical or straight or ordered or coherent. Um, it's yellow and it's purple and it's blue and it's red. It's, it's speaking but it's also drawing and um, making a craft and it's dancing and, and it's going for a walk and it's continuous And so what that's meant for me is that I'm seeing now a vast array of things as prayer. I find myself sitting in my car at work for just a minute, one minute, just centering my thoughts on God. And and it's not that I'm praying, it's just that I'm just being, just composing myself for one minute before I get out of my car. And that's prayer. Playing the guitar, I'm terrible at it, but it's prayer. Depends what the song is. Sometimes I take requests. Uh, lately I found myself writing words, just one, and then sitting there with it, just one word. At the moment it's kind, God is kind, and I just look at the word kind and I'm captivated by it. And it's not, it's not a prayer, I don't think, it's just knowing that God is kind at the moment, that's where I, where I am. A lot of my prayer time is worship and reading the word, um, 
And praise has the ability to shift your focus. That's another form of prayer. Another thing that I love is just holding somebody up before God and not consciously saying, dear Lord, about this person, but just loving them to God. And that's another form of prayer. Um, I have this other thing that's probably a little bit weird and it's when I say birds sometimes. Uh, don't laugh. Um, I feel like God's saying hello to me through birds. And I was just thinking about that this morning. I was driving and then I drove around the corner and there was a rainbow and there was birds. And I thought, God, you're so faithful. He brings birds when I need hello. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay, my third point is to pray simply. Unlike this chicken with a radical hairdo. <laughs> so praying simply is something that I've learnt along the way. You would not believe the beautiful chickens in the world. I googled fancy chickens. <laughs> they are some beautiful, there are some beautiful chickens. Um, so I love this passage on um, prayer from Matthew 6, which I'll read to you. Um, this is from the message version. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply, like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right, do its best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. This is on the next slide. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blazing beauty. Yes, yes, yes. So that's a version of the Lord's Prayer that's just wonderful. I love the idea in there that um, that bit where it says, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage because there's no requirements there. It's just a matter of showing up and being honest. And if that means there's no words, then that, that's okay. What a good God who accepts us with our warts and our quirks and loves us anyway. I love the bit there that says that God knows what we need, like a father knows what his son needs or his kids need. I love that. And I love that the model for prayer is there and it gives us a way to say what maybe sometimes we don't have words for. God, you are holy and good. Please give us what we need to survive. Forgive us and allow us to forgive. You're in control of our lives. You are wonderful. You're in blaze in beauty. That is so beautiful, a blaze in beauty. And my fourth point, is to simply pray. Is there a chicken? Okay, okay, technical difficulty. Oh, I'm going to have to describe this one for you. <laughs> so you can't Google it because if you Google chicken in a cart, it's like not the right picture, but there's a chicken in a cart <laughs> with um, wheels and there's this chicken. And... <laughs> I was really strategic with my chicken pictures and I chose that one because the chicken's not doing any work. He's in a cart. Simply pray. 
Just do it. Make time for God. Ben talked about 20 minutes in the chair and reading the word. And I so agree with the concept of putting aside time to hear from God. We can certainly hear from God at church and in small groups and youth group, but I don't think there's any replacement for what you can hear from God when you're by yourself in the chair, in your secret place. And Jesus cultivated this secret place lifestyle. Um, he like often withdrew from people to hear from God. I wonder what you're giving your time to. What kind of space are you making for God? Is Netflix replacing your quality time with the Lord? That one's maybe a little bit close to home for me. It says in James 4 verse 5 that he desires intensely to be with us. He longs for us and wants to know us. He wants intimacy with us. He yearns for you. I think we need to pray more. I think I need to pray more. And can I say the best way to learn to pray is to pray? Books and sermons and podcasts and all that stuff can help, but I don't think that there's any other way to learn really well than to just do it. Get creative. Understand that there's no correct formula. Just pray. When you do, you'll find what I've found, and that's greater intimacy with God. You'll be stronger in him. You can't successfully go it alone. You're strongest when it's you and God together. It's there that you'll understand who you are in him and what kind of power is available to you. It's when we live in that togetherness with God and everyone is living in togetherness with God that we're united as a community. Uh, John 17 verse 20, uh, this is Jesus praying for the believers and he says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So we need to be in together, to be together in the unity that he calls us to. And that's where we'll find the miracles and the joy and salvations. Yep. With all that in mind, can I pray? God, we want to see what the early church saw. We want to see miracles and favour and praise and salvations. But God, mostly what we want to see is you. We want to know you more. We want to be intimate with you, Holy Spirit. God, I pray for the people who are struggling with prayer. God, would you build their confidence? Would you remind them that their identity is in you? Would they understand how much you delight in them? Would you teach them, God, to pray? Would you allow them to be confident and bold and creative in the way that they pray? May they find you in their prayers. God, for the people who are not struggling in prayer, thank you for them, God. Thank you for those faithful prayer warriors. And God, I pray that they would also see more of you as they seek you. And finally, God, for those who don't, yet know an intimate relationship with you. Would you gather a community around them? Would you inspire them to seek you? Would you meet them where they're at? God, you are holy and good. Please give us 
what we need to survive. Forgive us and allow us to forgive. You are in control of our lives. You are wonderful. Yes, yes, yes.